Hello, HBs. Erin and I are doing a weird today, and we're doing it to you. Last week, we had a mild crisis, which we promptly and efficiently handled as only newly crowned scientists can, but it completely threw off recording the reading embrace. So our first episode of the year is going to be a re-release. The good news is that means that everyone who emailed their reading embraces in by January 2nd will be in the official episode next week. The other good news is that we're setting the tone for 2022 with this warm, fuzzy, low angst book about ladies being fucking badass and loving each other superbly in every sense of the word. So here's Roller Girl by Vanessa North. Hi, Erin. Hello, Erin. Actually, I need to say hello, Slaughtermelon. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> we're doing the roller derby book. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Wow, we're cooking with gas, aren't we? Well, I went through several names, and then I haven't done it in like two years, so. Yeah. I don't answer to Slaughtermelon anymore. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long time. <laughs> uh, do you have banter? No, mm-mm. I have done nothing in the last two weeks. Nothing. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. That's how I feel too. I'm wearing the same pants. Yeah. I wore the last time I talked to you. That's the level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have banter? Well, I mean, I <laughs> <laughs> I have kids stuff, but like my kids are cute, but to me, <sighs> you know. I'm really glad that you've had that revelation. It's really nice. <laughs> they're, I'm, I'm psyched about this. They're cute. Like, you like know, they're fucking cute but it's like to me so you posted that picture of your daughter in the cult um Uh being very melody yeah somebody commented like oh my gosh didn't you just have her like how is this possible (laughs) that she's this grown and i my immediate thought was like I have the total opposite reaction. Like, <laughs> why are they still like this? Like, shouldn't they be adults by now? Totally. <laughs> it seems like it's been years. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, same. Very cute. Very cute. Honestly, Objectively same. cute. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. They're great. I mean, honestly, they are. They're <laughs> yeah, really great. Sure. There's like a lot of times where, where I'll say something. I'll be like, oh, my gosh. And then man, she did this and she is so fun. And Michael will just chuckle and I'll be like, what, dude? What? And he'll go, sometimes you're just such a mom and it's really Mm -hmm. cute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, yeah, sure. Get off my nuts, bro. (laughs) Yeah, people think their own kids are just off the chain cute when they're just like standing there doing nothing. (laughs) Like, I think I told you, I had this coworker would constantly show me pictures of her kids and be like, yeah. oh, my God, look at my kids are so cute. They'd just be like sitting there. And it's like, well, they're just existing. Like, you've got to mm-hmm. you got to amp it up a little bit before you show yeah. somebody a picture. They have to be doing a feat, a task. Yeah, I'm not that person. No, mm-mm. no, they are doing cute things when you send me ticks, texts and ticks. Ticks. Yeah, I send you ticks all the time. Is this... Is this an episode? Is, is this, this anything? Are we, I don't know. Are we achieving Jeez, anything a, right now? We're struggling a little bit right now. <laughs> oh, but you know what I'm not struggling with, uh, Aaron? 
<laughs> what were you going to call me? I was going to call Effie? you Ember, man. I almost Ember. called you Ember. It's I a thought problem. I heard an F sound. Oh, no, geez. it was a it was a, a sigh. It was a micro sigh because I was so ashamed of myself. <laughs> yeah, you should Aaron. be. Anyway, Melanie, go ahead. No, you know what I'm not struggling with, Aaron. Hmm. The new heaving bosoms challenge in the cult. <laughs> not struggling a, with that. That's at a all. good banter. <laughs> you guys, HB Keanu made a challenge in the cult where it's called the Even Odds Challenge. He did it to celebrate our 2,000th member in the mm-hmm. cult, and it's. It's when you, it's when you see snow and act like you've seen it for the first time to get somebody to fall in love with you. It's a genius challenge. It's the best thing that's happened since the firelight challenge when you yeah. ate fruit like a sexy person, which we discovered HBs do not have fruit in their houses. That was a problem. Yeah. So it turned into like a, a let's help each other out by, yeah, by peer pressure. It turned into a, like a charity situation. And fiber into your houses. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone's like, can I just do this Milky Way? Can I just do this cotton candy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But my favorite one, and I'm sorry, HB, who, who did this, you might remember Melody because I can't remember who it was, but my favorite one was blueberries. They, they just threw the blueberries in the oh, air yeah. and then they tried to nom them out of the air. <laughs> and that was my favorite um, sexy fruit eater. Yeah. Anyways, okay, let's do the book. Let's do the book. Aaron, I liked book, but I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I have not had a good week. And so the lens with which I read this book is not great. Okay. Just because okay. I'm, having, I'm having a mental health time, everybody. So Mm. I objectively liked this book. However, I'm having a hard time overall getting through anything. And so I might not be the most excited pants about stuff that normally I would be excited pants about. (laughs) I imagine you reading book and saying, that's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's really good. That was really sexy. And unfortunately, there are a couple of pet peeves that normally I'd be able to totally shrug off. And this time I would like actually cringe or recoil. Mm -hmm. And that's just because of my mental space and nothing to do with the text. I liked book too. I also, one thing that I loved about book was book was novella. Nice. 175 pages. What a pleasant surprise. Yeah. When I sent those party emojis at you, boy, did I mean it. Oh, so excited that book was novella. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could have read more of book, but I also had busy week. Yeah. So we read Roller Girl by Vanessa North, which is number three in the Lake Loveless series. Yeah. Which is an actual lake. Well, maybe not in real. I don't know. I don't know if it's in real life. Listen, but it's not a person's name. Geographies. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> what I meant to say was that when I saw a Lake Loveless novel, I thought that was a person. Like I oh. thought maybe Lake Loveless was the name of a person, but it is a lake in yes. Florida. Maybe fictional, maybe real. Maybe We're real. not going to look it up. Maybe so based you're just going to have to swallow that pill. Yeah. Might be based on a place. Might not. We don't know. We don't know, everybody. And we don't care. <laughs> so Lake is real to us right now. Lake is real. All yeah. right. So we meet Tina. 
And Tina. Tina is having a morning because her washer broke. It's not even a morning. It's a night. It's like oh a 1 a.m. Yeah, it's a middle of the night is what it is. You're so right. And so she doesn't know what to do with herself, which is like a theme in the book going forward. But we find out in this first section that she's newly divorced and her wife took care of everything when they were married. So she's like, I don't know who to call or like what to do. Do I turn off a breaker? Do I unplug a, a water? What is it? What is a person to do? Mm-hmm. So she calls her friend Ben. Ben walks her through the logistics and offers to come over. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take care of myself like an adult. So she takes care of things overnight with bucketses and other things <laughs> that are important. There's a breaker involved. Like there Ben tells her where the breaker involved. is. She does turn off that breaker. Yeah. She does call. Or maybe she waits until the morning to call the repair yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. But I really liked this first part because you got a lot of you got a lot of stuff out of it. You yeah. know, she's got a dog. Yes. You know that she's still in the house where she and her ex-wife lived. Right. And ex-wife took care of everything. Then you get friend. You get like background with friend. Yeah. That at some point she like saved friend's life or something like that. You get sure. a lot of stuff out yeah. of like chapter one, which I really appreciated without being expositiony. Completely. And I also really liked the way that the character's background with her wife was revealed. Yes. Because there's a section where she says, um, you know, I, I kind of want to call T or Tina. I want to call Lisa, her ex-wife, but I don't want to get into like the nitty gritty awful drama. And it, she says something like, you know, Lisa will say like, I used to take care of everything and like, also, how dare you kill my husband? That's just like casually dropped in there. Like, yeah. oh, she does blame me for killing her husband. And you're yes. like, what? What does that mean? Yeah, because Tina is trans and it's post transition. Yeah. She's done. Turns out transition. she did have reasons for killing that husband. Totally. Because husband was husband, wife the whole time. Yeah. Husband never existed <laughs> except in Lisa's mind because right. Tina presented herself that way for a really long time. Yes. Tina, I don't know. I loved it because on the one hand, like when we finally get that conversation about Tina sort of taking ownership of her role in hurting Lisa and all that sort of thing. She doesn't let herself off the hook, but we also get other characters saying, yeah, you're not at fault, though. Like, it was shitty, sure, for Lisa, but it wasn't necessarily you doing a bad. And I really Here are the reasons you it. should forgive yourself. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I loved it. Okay. So anyway, sorry. Can I just say, when you're talking about how she presented herself as male for many years, one of the things... That was dropped in really early on. And it is in the next, I mean, it's in the next thing. So I'm jumping forward a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. But she talks about how she's putting on makeup for the repair person to come over. And she says something like, when I was a little girl. Yeah. And it really, it really struck me. And, you know, of course she was a little girl because she always was a girl. She was just in a different body and was presenting as a a male at that point. But there was just something about when I was a little girl, I used to play with makeup and blah, 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 just dropped in there that really hit me in a big way. And it 
Because she never got to be a little girl, you know? Right. But she was a little girl. Correct. And yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going to cry. It Me wasn't too. even it wasn't even like a dramatic part of this no. book. But for some reason, that line, it says like when I was a little girl, I played around with my mom's makeup or something like that, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it, I don't even think it was meant to be like, oh, I'm going to drop in this like special line. This emotional nugget. But honestly, it hit me. I had to stop reading for a little bit and really, oh. really think about that. Anyway. Yeah. I think part of it is is just like the notion of childhood innocence in that situation. Yes. You know, and the confusion that has to come with that in a world where gender is ascribed at birth in most situations, mm-hmm. instead of sort of waiting to see what the kid thinks about themselves. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. know. Honestly, so much of this is is so incredibly beautiful and impactful. There's a, a way, way later section that we'll talk about that actually had me completely in tears because it was a big inspire. But we'll get to that when we get to it. It was just, guys, it was really well written and well woven in a way that we're not going to be able to convey here. Yeah, because it was so natural and it was Mm -hmm. so casual in a way that I think was really important. Like you said, it wasn't a heavy ham-fisted thing that was plucked right, in exactly. there. exactly. There's never a time where this main character comes out and is like, I'm Tina and I'm transgender. Like, that doesn't right. happen. Right. She doesn't say that to anyone else to include um, the, the other heroine in the uh-huh. story. Like, there's never a time where it's like, this is who I am. It's just right. dropped in in the way that it would be dropped in if you were really getting to know a person. Absolutely. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like if you were on this roller derby team and Tina joined, this is how you would slowly find out her background and her divorce and that she was transgender and that she had this other career and, you know, all these things. Right. Right. That's how you feel reading the book. I also really, really liked in this section, um, you were just talking about her talking about like, um, like contouring really, mm-hmm. really seriously and, and with a lot of purpose. Because one of the other things that's woven in to the book in a very graceful and really impactful way is the elevated violence that transgender people have to unfortunately like look out for and be aware of and be frightened of just existing in the world because tina talks about you know ben ben says yeah you're gonna need to call a plumber do you want me to come over because ben is her Mm -hmm. like childhood friend and Mm -hmm. she's like nope i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and he's like okay i just want you to be safe and i want you to know that you can call me no matter what And so part of the reason that she is spending so much time and taking so much care in putting on her makeup for a repairman to come over to her house, even though she's been awake since 1 a.m. with like heavy buckets and towels and a big mess, is because she doesn't want to run into a situation where her gender is questioned in private and some and the the man who shows up feels the need to lash out and become violent and I just thought the way that was handled in like in such a logistical and careful way. Again, it wasn't the exposition. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm going to make myself look extra girly so that whoever shows up takes a face value. I'm a woman and doesn't need to make a comment, doesn't want to have a conversation about it, doesn't recognize at all that she's a transgender woman, just takes it at face value. Yes. Instead of being like... What's your deal? Are you a man or a woman? Yeah. Or, or worse, getting like threatened in some way by yeah. the, the fact that she exists um, and lashing out. Right. And unfortunately, that sort of thing does happen. 
Yeah, because toxic masculinity. Okay. So then, yeah, when she comes home. ah! And it's a lady plumber. Her name is Joe. And she's, what does she call her? Like an adorable butch or something? She's so cute. Later on, she says something about an adorable butch. But would you like to hear what she looks like? like to hear that um a woman hops out of the van oh this is a first person book yeah so we BT never dubs. find out what tina like looks like from the perspective of a person who is identifying her as a sexy woman <laughs> yes yeah so i never we and you know what part of it i really part of that i really like we don't get a lot of i'm sorry we're just like generally talking about I know, the writing I'm sorry. in this book a we little don't bit too much do this but. but one of the things that i really like about this book is that it doesn't have a lot of this this is one that i'm about to read to you so this is the outlier but it doesn't have a lot of upfront descriptions of people yeah it drops little descriptors in so that over the course of the book you can get kind of a full picture of uh-huh. what the the women on this derby team look like but it's not like Stella approached the bar with her mocha skin and totally. like it's that whole all of that is not present in the book. You get yeah. like an earring and then you get like a hairstyle and then right. you get like an eye color. And then by the end and race is just not an identifier in the book. Yeah. In yeah. Terms instead, of like instead you discussing get like her skin tones as foods or her, yeah. her like her braids or mm-hmm. I think maybe Chloe has dreads at one point. I can't remember exactly what yeah. she has, but it's yeah, you get you get things like that instead of her mocha skin or her caramel schmurder yeah. schmurder. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then you get to then you get to paint the picture of what the person looks like with mm. the like four or five descriptors that the author has given you, which I really like. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, but not when it comes to Joe the other heroine, which is the exact no. opposite of what I'm about to do. Okay. <laughs> uh, a woman j- hops out of the van, and I do a double take. Petite with short black hair that flops in her eyes and a pierced nose. Baggy cut-off camouflage cargoes hang low on her hips, and a white-ribbed undershirt shows off swirls of colorful tattoos on her arms. Holy shit, she's cute. And uh-huh. she flashes me a quick smile and starts talking fast. And she starts, like, going in on... Oh, and she has this, like, raspy voice because she had, like, a vocal yeah. cord infection. That anyway, turned into hot, a guys. partial vocal cord paralysis and a and a yes. constant rasp. She has yes. the voice of a smoker, even though she's never but smoked she's a day in her smoker. young life. Oh. Yeah. That's, like, yeah. that's like the dream, right? Dream! <laughs> so, she comes in. She's, like, fixing the washing machine. Yeah, she just Tina, does it. Like, I forget what Tina goes and does. Tina goes and works out or something. It's great. Oh, yes. She's doing... Yes. Tina, you guys, is smart and she knows what the fuck she's doing. She goes and, like, puts on workout clothes and starts crushing weights in her, like, workout room. Oh, but Joe does ask something about whether or not Tina has kids because... She's like, I guess baby clothes can often get stuck in these washing machine parts. So she wants to know if like that's an easy, uh, like a possible culprit, you know, to the thing. And she's like, no, I had a wife. We were like, and she she goes into like way too much detail. Like I had an ex-wife, she lived here. Yeah. And she's like, no, we didn't have kids. And like, so she kind of spills the whole like ex-wife, currently single, no kids Uh pretty early. Anyway, Joe finds a running sock and then comes, a running sock is clogging up the thing. 
She comes back. She tells Tina while Tina is crushing weights. In her room with all of her professional wakeboarding trophies. Like, Tina? Like, she acts like, oh, I don't know what to do. I've not dated oh. before. I don't know anything about oh it. You know exactly what you're doing. Jeez, like, Tina. I'll just be hanging out next to all my professional wakeboarding <laughs> trophies if you need me, hot plumber. And I'll be I'll be a little bit glistening with sweat. Exactly. Fully contoured on my face. Just uh-huh. the muscles. Ugh. She's so effortlessly hot. <laughs> so anyway, Joe comes in and Joe's like, whoa, what's this about? And Tina's like, oh, it's my old life. I was a professional wakeboarder and like burp, burp, burp. Tina says she's not a professional wakeboarder anymore because Joe inquires about like, so what are you doing? So what's the situation? She's like former. She like drops a very cryptic like that was in the past sort of a thing. Yeah. And then... Joe's like, okay, well, um, this is kind of like, I don't really do this, but you want to like get some breakfast with me because it's like 8 a.m. Yeah. That's and I think is. Joe says she has to, or no, sorry, Tina says she has to work. Maybe? Uh, no, she just super pauses. So it says, okay, so now that you're not my customer anymore, want to grab some breakfast with me? She bites her lip on a flirtatious half smile. The force of it hits me like I caught an edge on on a double up, which is a wakeboarding term that I had to reread twice. Yep. Um, heat <laughs> runs up my spine. Yes, I want breakfast with her and maybe a coffee flavored kiss and to run my hands through that floppy hair to feel if it's soft. Having sexual thoughts about someone other than my ex-wife is such a novelty that I stand there and stare at her for a moment like a deer in the headlights. Her smile fades. Nah, never mind. I just thought and she goes, I would love to. I wince. But I can't. I have a thing, a prior commitment. Oh, it's Ben's thing. And then she says, but I want it. Want you. Shit. Want to see you. <laughs> yeah. It's so That's what cute. it is. Yeah. And then she asked if she can go out tonight. And Tina's like, oh, I've been up since 1 a.m. Like, I just don't feel like I would be like a great date tonight. Yeah. And then so they make a date for the following night. Right. Right. All right. Yeah. So... Now, we've explained previously, I think when she was talking to Ben... Oh, because when she called Ben last night about the washing machine situation, Uh Ben said, are you still going to be able to make my party tomorrow? Right. So, annually, Ben has some kind of day I got sober, like a live day sort of party. Oh, cool. Yeah. (laughs) You you act like this is complete news to you, (laughs) which makes me so nervous that I'm wrong about it. No, no. No, no, because, no, okay, no. So at one point when, when she called him the night before, he she's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bother you. Like, I'm sorry that now that Lisa's gone, you're like my go to for everything. Right, and it's not right, fair right. to you. And he says, no, Tina, listen, it's you. If you hadn't come over to borrow a screwdriver that night long ago, I'd be dead. And it's never oh, mentioned again. Yeah. And then this is some kind of like sobriety day celebration right. for him. So I don't know. You know, this is book three, so I don't know if he's book two or book one or whatever. I bet he is. So this is like a a thing that all the friends get together and celebrate, which is kind of cool. It's kind of like an Alive Day thing. sweet. And they do boat things. They do wakeboarding things. Wakeboard times. And one of her her friend, Eddie, who likes to go to sex clubs and get, (laughs) in her words, like, get beat the fuck up or something like that. He's covered in bruises. He is. From his new... Muscle head young boyfriend uh-huh. Wish. Oh yeah. Wish. Wish caned him last night, Aaron. That is I not am... 
wow. a name. That is <laughs> that is a deep desire of someone's heart. That is not a name wish. What is the story there? I bet it's book one or two. Tell you that or much. four. I don't know. Oh, it could be book four. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? We didn't look these things up. We didn't, you thing. guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so they have a great time at this place. And Ben mm-hmm. is, like, engaged. They're, like, currently wedding planning. And his his fiance is also a lot younger. Right now, I can't remember his name. Ooh. It doesn't really matter. Dave. I think Dave sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So they have a great time and they go wakeboarding and she shows Wish how to how to pop a squeegee on a wakeboard. <laughs> and it's a great time. Okay. Pop a squeegee. <laughs> yeah. <Pop a> squeegee. <laughs> Just pop it. Um, one of the things. So, you know, we go with her when she's on the wakeboard and she's, you know, squeegeeing around. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopping over waves and the whatnot. And one of the things she says is that her very favorite thing about being a wakeboarder was that feeling of like flying when the boat whips around and you go up into the air. Yep. And it's kind of, it's a, there's a throwback to that later in the book that I did notice when I read it thoroughly. Oh, Aaron, you're so sexy when you read thoroughly. Okay. So anyway, they're at the barbecue later, and once again, Ben is right there, and she tells him that she has a date um, the next day, and he's like, whoa, I'm excited for you, but also, like, be a little careful. Mm -hmm. And the line is, he goes, I just meant that you don't know this girl, her friends, her family, anything about her. People are weird about gender stuff. If you're ever scared for your safety, call me, okay? And if you don't get me, call Dave. No questions asked. We're here for you. Mm-hmm, and I just, sweet. God, Ben is such a great friend. Great friend. This, that's the other thing I love about this book, and we'll get to it, I'm sure, later. But just like the friendships and like the mm-hmm. found family. Oof, it did good things for me. I also, I feel like this book had a, had opportunities to go real dark, real fast. Oh, a yeah. lot. Because we're dealing with a lot of like, very emotional issues and a lot of very, I mean we just talked about how like Ben maybe had like a suicide and a drug addiction right, and right, you know right. like this really messy horrible divorce and like all of these things but it never like goes dark and yeah. no one who is on the page is ever ill-intentioned or right. like malicious or bad like there's no bad people in this book there's no like it was villains. really nice yeah it was really refreshing it was really great it was yeah. it was what you want out of like a romance. A yeah, romance totally. Novella. Anyway. And I mean, I hate to call you out, but it's also like set in Florida. So sorry, Florida HBs, but it could have gone <laughs> to places. <laughs> you don't think that uh, Lake Loveless, Florida is like just the pinnacle of LGBTQ IA? Like, I mean, just- listen, maybe this is the Wilton Manors of this universe. However, <laughs> Just don't, How dare you? We're going to get so Florida many. On the face we're going to get so much bullshit from come like Miami me. HBs. Listen, we're going to get. At me. Listen, there's I'm pockets. Sure. Of, there's good pockets of Florida. I never said there wasn't. I just said that it could have gone places, and nobody can refute that. Nobody can. <laughs> All right. I work with a girl from Florida, and we call her the Swamp Princess. So <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. 
I just yeah. don't want the Florida HBs to get mad at us. Okay. All right. So, all right, so now it's time for a date, you guys. And she gets all dressed up in this in this flowery maxi dress with a halter top because <gasps> it like doesn't. Sh- oh, hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. a ton of leg but also it does great things for her decolletage it says decolletage i don't know you guys i was just <laughs> it made me so this happy. is when she wears the maxi dress huh i'm pretty unless i didn't read it no later i had like a continuity thing where i was like hmm isn't she wearing a maxi dress No, honestly i had that moment too and then i realized that i think it's two different days Yes, now I, I realize so. that. Yeah. Now that you've said that today is the maxi dress time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. So Joe has picked this bar called Blues that is like a dive bar in town. It's a dive and, bar in a strip mall, you guys. And it's like kind of smells like smoke. Um, and it's yeah. just you know it's like sticky. You know those bars that are oh, like kind of sticky, fun but sticky. Sticky. Yeah. And Tina's a little kind of let down because she just doesn't, not that she's a snob, but she just doesn't feel like this is a place where you would take somebody who you were like really serious about or really wanted to like be girlfriends with. Yeah. People that like you want to canoodle with on the regular. Right. 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 This is like a one night stand or like a friend bar. Yeah. This is like a let's meet up to exchange information before we do it and never see each other again. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so she sees Joe, who also got dressed up as wearing a cute little button down. She's got some hoop earrings. She's got some skinny jeans. She's wearing a little bit of makeup. She looks cute. And they're a big flirt. It goes, wow, I grin at her as I slide into the seat. You look really nice. I mean, you looked cute in your beater and cutoffs, too, but, like, you're so pretty. Uh So cute. So, yeah, they do a big flirt. They talk about their lives they talk about her dog and her friends what kind of beer they like and stuff she says that hooking up with a plumber is definitely a porno meet cute and joe snorts <laughs> into her beer it's good yeah. stuff they talk about how tina's a personal trainer um now mm-hmm. that she's not a professional wakeboarder anymore and then joe says you like hoppy beer and say please and thank you to the wait staff marry me oh <laughs> Did she talk about her divorce before Stella or after? Before. I see. Okay. Yeah. So Joe says something like, hey, you mentioned your divorce before. 
what's the deal with that? Was that like yeah. recent or a long time ago? And Joe's trying to feel out whether or not this is a rebound situation right. or like she's looking for something serious. But Tina gets really emotional real fast. And it's a big embarrass for Tina because she's not yeah. trying to. But she's yeah. like almost like crying thinking about her horrible divorce. Yeah. And so Joe is like, I didn't mean to pry. And if you don't want to talk about it. And Tina says, it's not that. I still have a lot of complicated feelings for my ex. But she isn't dot, dot, dot. She isn't queer. Mm-hmm. And Joe does a momentary confuse. And then she's mm-hmm. like, oh, and then immediately says, thank you for trusting me. I can't imagine coming out is easy. And it's like the perfect thing. It's the perfect yeah. thing to say to Joe. It's the perfect yeah. response from Joe. It, it was just a beautiful, seamless way. It was. Oh, it was gorgeous. And so she feels comfortable talking about like a lot more, you know, Mm -hmm. she goes, it's why talking about the divorce is hard. It's why like, you know, hanging out with my family is hard. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of these things are a a lot of the small talk first date stuff are accidental landmines and it's nobody's fault. It's just my reality, you know? Right. Anyway, and then she does, she, Joe reaches over and gives her hand a squeeze in a way that really squeezed my heart. Ooh, it's really nice. And then Stella practically skates over, I'm sure of it, and (sighs) comes into the booth and she's like, has she given you the pitch yet? Stella is the waiter slash Joe's best friend. And Mm -hmm. (sighs) then Tina goes, the pitch? And Joe is like, like deer caught in the headlights. And then Stella's like, oh, uh, I'm going to get out of here. Sorry. Foot in mouth. Bye. And Tina looks at Joe and she goes, oh, this isn't a date then? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and Joe says, so this hard. is where I have to admit to you that I didn't invite you here because I think you're cute. I mean, I do, but that's right. not the reason. And this this was such bullshit. Like, I was so oh. mad about it. And it's because she wants to invite her to join the roller derby team. I don't even remember the name of the role. The Lake Loveless Roller Girls. She wants her to be on the roller girls. Fine. Okay, here's the thing. Guys, I liked book. I think it's apparent. But I did not understand conflict in book. Conflict was non-existent in book. Conflict did not exist. Except it did. Conflict, not great in book. Because... Conflict was not conflict. So Joe invites... See, to me, okay, if I'm Joe and I see Tina and I like Tina, but I also think she's very athletic and would be good on my roller derby team, I feel like then you've got to make a call. If if you really feel like I I coach roller derby, I cannot date roller derbies. If that's really what you think, which roller derby can't be that serious. Oh my god! I mean, Melody, maybe I come for your, my jugular no. HBs, but like, what the fuck, guys? You if you go for her jugular, you have to come through me, a roller derby skater, to yeah. go for it. Listen, it's not that serious. But even if you took it that serious, if you were like, I am roller derby coach, I cannot date roller derby skates yeah i feel like at that point you have to make a call and you have to be like hey i coach a roller derby team would you like to come out with me and discuss the possibility of joining our team or you say i think you're cute would you like to go on a date with me you don't do both yeah i want to touch on your butt a little do you want some beer yeah i feel like you if you really do have that line of like i don't date skaters you don't ask 
potential skater on date to ask if want to be skater. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. It very much annoyed me about Joe. And I know that Joe's just, you know, confused about feelings, but still upset Aaron. Yeah. And then after this, so she tells her all about roller derby team, Lake Loveless Roller Girls. And then, then. Yeah. They go outside to walk (gasps) Tina back to her car. My God. Yeah. And Joe straight up pushes her against the car and is like, you're not on the team You're yet, not on the team mark? yet. Joe, what Joe? doing? What doing, Joe? You still coach now, Joe. Either care or don't care. Right. <laughs> I mean, but Aaron, this kiss, but though. good kiss. Yes, boy, like oh a kiss. boy, this and kiss therefore was, kiss. <laughs> was ropey and nipple pinchy and it was a passion and it's like it the, was a the leg between the legs rub yeah, thing. Yeah, it was it's a good grind stuff, guys. up against the car. Ooh. It's a great kiss. <laughs> this is like chemistry on fire from the jump kind of kiss. Yeah. And that's, I mean, perfect, perfect for a novella. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's like, yeah, I obviously can't date you because I'm the coach and I'm take coaching so seriously, but you're not on the team yet. Let me rub on your clit with my thigh bone. (laughs) What? (laughs) Joe? I know. (laughs) Joe? Take seriously or don't take seriously, but don't take a little bit seriously. Right. Not okay. Can I, can I just talk a little bit? Tell me Can I just get on a a very small (gasps) roller derby a micro soapbox. soapbox. I'm just gonna like just take a little bitty little step onto this soapbox. Yeah, 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 yeah. So obviously, roller derby is a big queer community. It's it's a really a big haven. It's a safe for, haven. Yeah. Yes. So I feel like a lot, if not a majority, of roller derby skaters are somewhere in the queer community somehow. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and there has been this huge push, and I think you know for. I don't know when this book came out, but for a long time to stop using terms like roller girls, derby dolls, you know, Uh gendered roller derby team things. And this has become a big deal in the community because we have a lot of skaters that either do not identify um, either way or like they don't want to be identified as girls. And that goes for women you know like i don't really want to i'm a cis woman but i don't really want to be identified as a girl either and there are a lot of these like binary and also like infantilizing terms around roller derby that they are trying to get rid of so in a book like this i was a little bit disappointed that they were the roller girls when there's been such like a a strong movement to not be roller girls anymore yeah i mean I think I hear what you're saying and I I definitely I definitely understand that. The reason that I don't mind the title, I like the title is just that being identified as a girl was so mm-hmm. important to Tina. I don't mind the title of the book. Oh, oh I more oh. mind the title of the team. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I like the title Roller Girl because I feel like Tina would want to, Tina would say, I'm a Roller Girl. girl." Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm, yeah. absolutely. But being the Lake Loveless Roller Girls as the team name, I was kind of like, huh, so you guys don't have anybody who's like non-binary or genderqueer that has like an issue with that? Totally. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway. All right. So... Okay, guys, we're, I'm sorry, I'm going to skip over some side plots. Basically, yeah, that's fine by me. Tina's a personal trainer. There's a lot that happens in side character land that is beautiful, and you should read the book. But yeah. like, Melody doesn't care. 
<laughs> Wait a minute. Can I just, can I, bing, boom, bong. Yeah, okay, tell me everything. Melody doesn't care about side plot. Fine by me. Sure. When Aaron doesn't care about side plot, <laughs> no way. We're going to talk about every little minute side plot there is. So I just wanted to reserve, put a pin, to put, mark down, Aaron gets one side plot that we don't talk about for the future. The only reason that I actually don't want to talk about this is because it has no bearing on their relationship at all anytime i really really want to talk about a side plot it's just because it comes back in the relationship and this tries to come back about that we'll see about that or i'm in love with them okay or you just like the side characters (laughs) so much (laughs) you know what you can call me out if you want but (laughs) whatever man i'm just saying i reserve one side plot to skip over for the future all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll sort of agree to that, maybe. I won't remember this, though, so. Huh. All right. So then <laughs> Joe sends Tina a bunch of roller der- derby videos, and they're texting back and forth late at night, and it's very cute and intimate. But one of the things that Tina really latched onto at the bar when Joe was talking about this is that this is an opportunity it says, it says, this is a reminder of what she's promising, companionship, friendship, teamwork, something bigger than individual mm-hmm. glory. And it's also this entree into, you know, it's a built-in space where she can forge connections with other women that she hasn't had really in her life other than like her wife or whatever, mm-hmm. because she was this big, she was this big pro athlete and mostly hung out with dudes. And she does. Right. She describes Ben later on. She's like, oh, man, Ben is such a dude. Like, that's that's the right way. He might be gay, but he is such a dude. Mm-hmm. So she's really excited about the opportunity to have fellowship among other women and genderqueer people and queer people in general. So it's a it's a neat it's a neat thing for her in addition to like wanting that competition again. So, okay, so then there's tryouts, and she meets Lauren, who's uh, curvy and gorgeous and nervous as fuck. Uh, Lauren is so many roller derby skaters. I feel like Lauren Uh is the quintessential, like, I feel like I know 16 Laurens. So, Lauren (laughs) is, like, married, she has kids, she's a cis woman, straight woman, she has decided like she's going to do a sport or something like she wants to get out Mm -hmm. there. She wants to do something. She wants to make friends. She wants to do something athletic that can maybe like help her get in shape or feel better about her body. And she's chosen roller derby. And then she gets pushback from her husband who has to like watch the kids one or two nights a week while she's at roller derby. And I feel like this is such a common thing. Yeah. And she's like kind of going around. She's doing her MSRs. She's doing her little her her swizzles around the cones <laughs> and stuff. But she doesn't have any speed because she's still very like tentative, which is yeah. what happens when you start roller skating when you're 30. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> because your bones are brittle and you fall down far <laughs> and it hurts. <laughs> so she has the skills, but she just doesn't have the speed and she doesn't have the confidence yet. Uh-huh. And at one point, Joe... So she she introduces her to Lauren and like they're new skaters, but Tina's a lot better than Lauren from Go 
just because she's got this professional sports background because and she's got, she's got boarding balance. balance yeah, yeah and all this kind of stuff and she she grew up roller skating because as she says she was born in 1977 so of course oh, yeah. she roller skates <laughs> which i think lauren's younger so lauren's kind of like oh it's your first day and like i've been doing this for like weeks right and you're already like at the same level as me and I had a very similar experience when I started coming from a figure skating background where mm-hmm. I showed up and I skated right up to this girl. She she was also kind of like, you could tell she was new. Right. And she was kind of like tentative and stuff. And I was like, hi, is it your first day too? And she's like, no, nope, uh-huh. I've been doing this two years. <gasps> and I felt like a total <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Oh, oh shit <laughs> because there's just there's so many different levels of like yeah. coming into and that's why roller derby is so great because you can really come into it at any level having a having a roller skating background having a figure skater uh-huh. or hockey background or coming in having never worked out or done a sport whatsoever it's yeah. like open arms it's yeah. or whether you're 50 years old or 15 years old it's like mm-hmm. everybody's the same everybody's on the same equal footing Anyway, so Lauren's like joking around like, hey, I'm not very good. I think I probably did this just as a like excuse to wear fishnets, which I thought was really yeah. funny, which is also a lot of people I think that skate roller derby are <laughs> like, I want to wear the outfits, which is fine. Um, do they do laps that day? Yeah. So Joe decides that she's going to do some assessments and it's Lauren's turn. She's passed every assessment except for the speed test. And she's like, right. oh, my God, I wasn't expecting to do this today. And so Tina pulls out her personal training and sports background and she's like, hey, you got this. Like, I just want you to picture your kids looking on from the sidelines and your husband cheering you on because they know you can do it. And like, you're just going to crush it. You're just going to do it. Because that's one of the things she says. She wants to give her kids like a role model of like mom went out and did something that like she could be proud of that was hers, you know, Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. So, so she does. Like this, she does. She does yeah. it. And she makes the team and it's a big excite. And so they decide to go out for drinks at Blues because Blues is their derby bar. Mm-hmm. And so they go. And then Joe and Tina talk because because Lauren's husband is he's threatened. He's worried that she's like getting a thing that doesn't involve him or whatever. And mm-hmm. he's not responding maturely. But I do really like, I think the easy choice would have been to vilify him and make him an abusive husband. Yes. And this author does not do that at all. It's great. That's what I mean when I said that there's no bad people in this book. Like, yeah. there are only people who have good intentions. That it's, it's like, you know, later in the book, Tina gets misgendered by one or two people. And yeah, it's awful. Both honestly. times, it obviously an awful experience for Tina. But both times, I'm sure the person was just, you know wrong you know it's not it's not like somebody attacked her or had malicious intent or something you know like there's no bad people there's just people that are kind of trying their best in this book you know yeah yeah and lauren at one point is one of them yeah i didn't give as much credit to that hospital bitch but i'm glad you did (laughs) i was like ooh, hospital bitch i don't like you you." she intentionally misgendered her i think that tina talks about her tight workout clothes and her very obvious boobs a lot and then hospital bitch because she goes in workout clothes (sighs) 
I I was thinking that the I mean this isn't until later, but I was I guess I was thinking that the front desk lady was like looking down and was just listening to her voice. I guess I, I just know. was thinking that yeah. she wasn't paying attention and she was busy and she was like, oh, oops, you know, like I'm yeah. so sorry, sort of a thing. Yeah, more maybe. than she was maybe. trying to hurt her feelings. If she was, then that's really super yeah. shitty. Then hospital bitch sucks. Like, I just whatever. didn't read it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it would have been really easy to make this husband chase like a big misogynist jerk. But really, he's right. just like feeling kind of left out. Yeah. And feeling kind of left behind by yes. her doing this new thing. And so Joe is like, man, I wonder if we could get him into like ref. And, like, get the kids to come and we can make it a family thing because Joe actually knows Chase the husband and that's how she met Lauren. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I wouldn't have done this if I thought it was a threat to their marriage. And by the end, Lauren and Chase are taking personal training lessons. What? Yeah. They're getting fit (laughs) with with Tina and Tina as their personal trainer together. Yeah. And then he does come on and ref, which I think is hilarious that he just like comes on his first day and is like refing. It's like, do you know rules though? Like, you need no rules. I think, no, he was only doing that for a drill. So they were like, Chase, do this and call this out and and do the whistle at this point. I was a little bit worried about him putting on some zebra stripes and just being like, (laughs) whistle. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, so. One thing that Tina really likes about this is that she likes that Joe is a, a fixer. She likes that Joe is is wanting to help everyone because that's mm-hmm. very much Tina's motivations as well. Okay. Wait, I do want to say another yeah. roller derby tidbit is mm-hmm. that often husbands are refs and they get their own derby names too. Like the refs get <gasps> derby names, the refs get derby personas. When When I was in New Orleans, the refs were mostly gay men. So it was like, it was like the skaters were the gay women for the most part. I mean, obviously there's all kinds of different people that do roller derby, but for the most part, it was like a very lesbian team and all the, all the men for the most part were gay men. And it was Uh like this big party and they all have names and stuff too. Up here, it's more like boyfriends and husbands in Alaska that do it. So just so you know, if you're thinking about skating roller derby and there's male roller derby teams too, it's not just a female sport. It's just a little harder to find a male roller derby team. So most places that are kind of smaller that aren't big cities aren't going to have a men's team, but you can ref and you can skate around and have all the fun and have a fun name and everything. So anyway, just want to let you know. Cute. Okay. All right. So a few weeks later, it's the first bout and Joe, because uh, Tina hasn't made the team yet because she can't jump a sandbag. Did you have to jump a sandbag? Yes. Was it a sandbag? Do they use a sand? Yeah. Well, I don't know. A, I had to you jump had to over jump something. something. I think it's a board. We use like a board, wow. maybe, or like wow, a wow, Aaron. It's a you thing just on the jump ground. Jump over things with skates on your feet, huh? Honestly, you guys, and true to form, like this this book gets it right. The jumping isn't that hard. You just got to do it. You know, it's huh. it's a mental psych out. It really yeah, yeah, isn't yeah, hard. Yeah. You've got four wheels on both feet. Yeah, I'm not saying I've never fallen trying to jump over something, but. If you go for it, you're probably going to pull it off. Yeah, jumping on a horse is very similar. You just need to trust mm-hmm. the horse and like lean forward and dig in and it's fine. Right. But it's fucking scary at first. Yeah. Yeah. And the the hardest thing really is the 27.5, the thing that, that Lauren couldn't get. And for most skaters, because it's the, it's the most cardio intensive thing. Yeah. And a lot of people join roller derby having not 
done a lot of sports before and that's mm-hmm. usually the thing that ends up being the hurdle for most people wow that's wow seriously geez okay so they go to their first bout and tina's not on the team yet but joe wants to, her to be able to watch the bouts from the bench and so she lists tina as their personal trainer their team trainer and it's adorable she also gets tina a very nice shirt and they hug you guys about it mm-hmm. and it is very cute and Tina has sworn off. She's decided I'm not going to date Joe because yeah. I'm on this roller derby team and this is really important to me and like my mm-hmm. social life. So, I, But she keeps like fantasizing about her and being like, good, she's so cute though. And like how yeah. she's sweaty and how she hugged me and everything. But mm. I think Tina, it's not that she thinks she's not interested, but she knows that Joe's not going to go for it. She's off limits. Yeah. Yeah. Which is stupid. Yeah, and so there's, like, adorable antics between the girls, like, becoming friends, and, you know, Lauren is this, she's just, like, such a a cis, straight woman, and it's very, it's very adorable, because she's very good, goodly intentioned. (laughs) I think she's also kind of sheltered. She talks about homeschooling her kids, you know, I, I think she's just not met a lot of people that are different than her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not, she's certainly not hip with the queer lingo. And so no. they, they get to do a lot of introduction that way. And everyone is so like good natured and wonderful about it. And I don't know. It was just really, it was just a big I want to read it. Can I read it? Yeah, please. So she taught, so one of the girls is talking about how her ex boyfriend or husband, maybe I think boyfriend was a crossfitter and she's like very clearly with a woman. And so Lauren says, she goes, I thought you were gay. Laura looks between Stella and Rebecca with her brow wrinkled up. (laughs) I'm a unicorn. Rebecca winks at her and Joe and Stella (laughs) both laugh. Okay, ladies, enough talk about Rebecca's sex life. Let's go get some pancakes, blah, 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 blah. And she goes, what did she mean when she said unicorn? Lauren whispers to me when we're back in the minivan. She's bisexual, I whisper back. (laughs) Then Lauren says, is it okay to call girls gay? (laughs) And Tina says, only if they call themselves gay first. You know that Google is your friend, right? (laughs) Which I thought was kind of cute. Like, she's like, again, well-intentioned. Like, she's trying to figure it out. She's maybe said something that somebody else would find offensive or kind of off-putting. But she's trying to, like, figure out what's the best. And she asks Tina what she prefers. And Tina says she prefers to be called a lesbian. But she's not going to get offended if somebody calls her gay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, I just thought it was a really cute moment where they're trying to work out. Hey, HBs. I started an Etsy store. Did you know? Right now, it's full of all the St. Vincent items you need. Because St. Vincent is thoughtful and cozy all year round. We've got a book sleeve to keep your books, planners, e-readers, or really anything else safe when you're on the go. The inside is fuzzy and they feel so incredibly lush in your hands. I went round and round with the manufacturers to make sure I had just the right thickness. Those feature art of St. Vincent and Evie during their carriage adventure that was painted by the amazing Mayara Faraz on one side, and then I created a St. Vincent would always wreath on the other side that has a bunch of little Easter egg items in it. There's a St. Vincent Wood Always warm brick enamel pin. It's like, you know, if you know, you know. I designed a special edition marriage of convenience candle that is specific to Devil in Winter with the help of HB Jen at Post Pouring Company. 
It combines dark amber for St. Vincent and rosewood for Evie. And it smells so delicious. It's hard to even wrap my brain around. So if you want to treat yourself or be the St. Vincent you want to see in the world by getting a care package for a friend, check out our Etsy store. The link is in the show notes. Out these things. It is really cute. Yeah. Okay. So then, all right. Then she finds out about Joe's ex and her derby name is Paula Fast One, which guys... You like Paula Fast One? Listen, I don't naturally think in puns, so when I see a really clever pun, I'm very impressed. <laughs> see, one of the notes I had on this book was like, I felt like the Derby stuff was really well thought out and, and good, yeah. but I felt like the Derby names were weak sauce. Like, I felt yeah, they when, were not when that When she great. talks about the rest of the team, like Mandy Mayhem, I'm like, come on, man. Some are like that, but also the other thing that like was rough for me was they use the people's real names and also the derby names throughout the book right. i i on on my derby team i know maybe i knew maybe like two or three girls real names probably whoa it's just not done it's just not yeah. said no one says anyone's real name the only reason i even know their real names is because i'm friends with them on facebook yeah mm-hmm. and a lot of them use their derby names on facebook like it's just not you don't you're not like hey melody ever and right. so, like, they're using their real names in a way that I feel I felt like was weird. Mm-hmm. But then their real names often were their derby names, which is also very weird. Like Mandy Mayhem. Yeah, totally. Anyway. All right. So, um, okay. So she's the best jammer in the league, the ex is. And she's tall and gorgeous and nice. And um, Tina is really funny because she goes, oh, Joe obviously has a type and it's tall girls. Like, uh-huh. good to know. <laughs> tall, funny, nice, awesome, uh-huh. great. <laughs> yep. So um, they sit together on the bench and then um, they also sit together in the back seat of the van and they end mm-hmm. up doing a big snuggle that I have to read. Can I read it? But can I talk about, can I, but, okay, oh, yeah. Stella doesn't like, so. Oh, Yeah. So Stella doesn't like the ex-girlfriend a, because yeah. Joe, but it's important, even though it's, it is. it's a silly conflict, it is the only conflict in the I book. Know. So we have All to right. talk about it. Mm-hmm. Stella doesn't like the fact, I guess Joe dated this girl. And then when they broke up, Joe quit the derby team because she couldn't deal with the breakup. And then when the skater went to another team, that's when Joe came back. So Stella has no, blamed. No, no, Joe left the team and started her own team. That's why their team sucks. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, you know, Stella kind of, it's like a Yoko Ono thing. She blames the ex for, like, breaking up the band, and she doesn't want Joe dating anybody on the team because right. of that. And right. Joe believes that if she happen. were to get with Tina, that it would drive a rift between her and Stella, who, by the way, is fucking someone on the team. Yes, but she also doesn't have a history of quitting the team when things get messy. So and she's like, also not a coach, which is a little right. different. She's a jammer, but yeah, whatever. But anyway, so that's the big um, that's the big conflict. She also explains the concept of a derby wife who is like your derby best friend, which is important. Yeah. Hey, Erin, I have uh, just a, a very casual question for you. It's just like the smallest question. You don't skate roller uh, derby. So uh, uh, 
You can't be my derby wife. <laughs> I'm no, sorry. I, listen, I wasn't going to propose. Were you going to ask what her name is and where she lives? Because I'm not going to give you that information either. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! You creep. Just tell me if you have a derby wife. Just tell me. <laughs> oh, look you at you, like, one? buckling down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I haven't done it in two years. Okay. All right. Well, it was just a casual question anyway. I'm sure so. she's moved on. <laughs> it's no big... There was one? I'm sure she's <laughs> she's found someone new. Okay. Well, you know, it, I mean, it didn't even matter, so. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> 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 okay. I'm going to read... <laughs> I'm going to read this snuggle scene real quick. Ready? Okay. Okay. It says, she falls asleep with her head in my lap. My heart pounds in my ears. My hands clench at my sides. Where do I put them? I slide one to the soft curve of her waist above the blanket. After the van hits a bump, she startles a bit, but settles down when I smooth her hair away from her forehead. It's exquisite, beautiful agony. The hour I spend with her sleeping in my arms. It's really cute. Oh my gosh. Okay, so then they dance at the bar, you guys, because they all meet up at a, at Blues, and then they dance. And it's hot. And Tina's like, what are you doing to me? And then Joe she says, goes, nothing you're not doing to me. Ugh. And then she Joe! says, come, well, but then Joe says, come home with me, Tina, period. No one has to know, period. Uh, I didn't love it. I don't. I don't. I didn't love it. I didn't love it, especially for this character. This idea that yeah. we've got to keep it a secret. I just. Yeah. I didn't love it. But it was I not also, great for Tina's mental health or well being or yeah. self worth or it was not great for her. <laughs> but I also understand being this author <sighs> and wanting to write a sweet little novella that's yeah. just like all positive vibes about a roller derby team and trying yes. to find like dig around for a conflict in there and yes. be like that she's the coach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like No, I will I'll give you that. Stuff. I'm I'm glad it's not a more serious conflict. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then they go to a skating rink. Oh my god. Oh, oh yeah, they no. Do. Well, yeah, let's skip to the skating rink. Anyway, there's really good banter that goes into the skating rink stuff, but they decide that they want to go skating because Tina hasn't been able to skate all day. And so then that turns into like, like fun skate flirting. And then that turns into Joe on her knees, helping Tina get a knot out of her skate lace. And then that turns into Joe straddling tina and doing a big makeout and then everybody's topless and then joe gets tina off over her pants like a wizard <laughs> <laughs> like a big old lesbian wizard you guys this is like the third <laughs> remove a shoe sex scene i've read in the span of like two months that's yeah. all i have to say there <laughs> wait <laughs> And wait, have you read any remove a shoe sex scenes lately? No. Mm -mm. Okay, then it must have been it must have been in the third um Joanna Shoop book, it the was. one that just came out, the it's Uptown the one Girls one. That you one. sent me about 15 screenshots of. <laughs> you guys it was so good. <laughs> but one of the ways they get it on is he like removes her bowling shoe. Uh -huh. And like it got real hot removing a bowling shoe. 
Wow. So, Aaron, not only was it a remove the shoe sex scene, but it was a remove a special athletic shoe sex scene. Yes. <laughs> That's why I was like, is this something I'm into now? Like, Is this a new kink? Am I going to be okay at roller rinks and bowling alleys from here on out? It was weird for me. <laughs> I support it. Yeah. Okay. So then Tina asks Joe if she wants to come home with her. And then they pull up to the house and Tina's like, oh, it feels weird to take you to the house I bought with my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. And so Joe goes, why don't you come to my place? It'll be only orgasms and waffles, I promise. And I have That's never heard a cute. better proposition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Orgasms and waffle zone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, I imagine like one of those like uh like um Discovery Zone or like Dave and Buster's oh, or something yeah. like that, but for Melody called Orgasms and Waffles Zone. That's what I imagine when you said that. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm writing okay. this down. Sex club called Orgasms and Waffles. TM. <laughs> Yes. DM. Maybe. I'm just putting it on the ideas list for Heaving Absolutely. Bosoms five-year plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the Heaving Bosoms empire. <laughs> <laughs> Intellectualism in 2020. Orgasms and waffles-ism in... No, we already said it's remembering things in 2021. <laughs> it's all right. Is so it? maybe 2022. Right. Oh boy, who knows? Okay. So then we have this sex scene that is so good and so like like verbally reassuring and so mm-hmm. like can I take this off of you? I think you're so hot. It's just a big consent boner and it's just wonderful. And Tina has a little bit of anxiety that Joe is yeah. really good at just yeah. like cuz she had the anxiety about taking her home you know, yes. in her wife's house. But also, I, you know, I don't know if she's had sex post-surgery or not. Well, in chapter one, she said, well, yeah, right, because she her, was still living with her wife for her a while. Her wife wasn't, wasn't queer, she said. So right. I don't know if they, they even attempted exactly. to talk about it. They talk um, about how they attempted the marriage for some yes. time and her wife was supportive and took care of her during the time where she was she was transitioning and they tried right. to make it work and then they ultimately just couldn't. And I don't well, know if that meant that they tried to make it work sexually and ultimately just couldn't. Well, they I think that there was an an undertone. It's never explicitly said, but the next morning, so now we're in the next morning and mm-hmm. they're like having deep talks. And so the marriage gets brought up again. And we find out that, you know, Lisa did take care of her throughout the transition mm-hmm. and post-surgery and all of that. But then she says, she sort of like, like cries a little and she's like, ultimately, we needed things that the other couldn't give each other. Mm-hmm. And man, like, that's really tough. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder if sex was part of that, you know? Yeah, I don't know. But either way, yeah, whether they had attempted to make it work sexually and it didn't, right. or they had never attempted, I would think that there would be a lot of complicated feelings Absolutely. about having sex for the first time po- because she's had both top and bottom surgery. Right. And either, like, I feel like there would be a lot of, like, weird shame around it if you tried to have sex with your spouse and it was like yeah. you weren't what they were looking for. 
Right. Or this is just the first time you're showing your bits to somebody. Totally. Totally. Like I and she picked the right partner because Joe oh. is just Joe so is hot and so great about it. Yeah, and she's just, like I said, a lot of verbal reassurance, a lot of like you know obvious physical cues that she's mm-hmm. super super into everything they're doing and and all of Tina. It's just great. Okay, and then the dog gets caught in a strap on, right? And yes, having this. <laughs> So, okay, so Tina brought her dog over to Joe's house. Yes. Yeah, and boy, does this dog, Elvis, who's a pit bull, just get freaking tangled up at a strap on <sighs> from under Joe's bed. I'm and really so glad. He comes, he comes does he like, have that dildo in his mouth? No, no, no. He got caught in like the straps. Good. And so the, okay. the dildo is just like flopping on the ground behind him, chasing him. Because he can't get away from it. And so Tina, they're like, <laughs> t- they're rolling on the floor. And Tina's like, oh, I'm so sorry that big mean penis wouldn't, wouldn't leave you alone. <laughs> it's so good. Anyway, so then they end up like giggling on the floor. And then they talk about maybe having some strap-on sexes. Well, first there's some kind of apprehension because Tina's like, well, why would you even have this? Do you, right. Like... Is it because you want somebody that has a penis? Because if you haven't noticed, I don't have one of those. I disposed of mine. Yes. I'm not going back. So Right. (laughs) That's not (laughs) happening around here. Is that something that you feel like you need or want? Right. And she's just like, just because I'm gay doesn't mean like I don't like to get fucked by something every once in a while. And also... I like penetrating other things, too. Yeah. I really like putting my dick on and having sex with somebody. And yeah. when she says that, Tina's like, you call it your dick? Your dick? Like, I'm a little bit intrigued by the wow. situation. She's like, I'm not into men, but also, like, there's something really... And she goes through this whole thing of, like, why am I into this? And until yeah. finally she's like, I don't need to figure out why I'm into this. I just am into this. That's okay, right? And Joe's right. like, yeah, you don't need to know why. Yeah. <laughs> you can just that be into definitely stuff. definitely okay with me. Well, and it's partly because of the way that Joe talks about it. Because she talks about, like, strapping her big dick on and mm-hmm. just fucking someone with her big dick. And mm-hmm. Tina's like, oh, golly. Oh, dear me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my <wow>. stars. <laughs> like that it's so cute okay so then they they have a whole weekend like this just orgasms and waffles like just the dream of everyone i have reread so there's this whole thing where she's got to take the one of her personal training clients to the hospital yes it's one of the things that we have skipped over however i have now reread it to the extent that it's a it's a trigger warning for anybody listening it does say when I get there, the the nurse between, behind the ER intake desk blanches visibly and shakes yes. her head. And then later on down says, I'm sorry, sir, I can't let you back here. So you're right. Like she yeah. she did get How a good look at Tara, that woman. I yeah, I I'm I'm on board with you now. <sighs> I'm sorry. No, it's you didn't. Yeah, you didn't see. I still think it comes from a place of ignorance and not like she's not trying to like humiliate her. I don't know. Sure. Sure. I think she's just more like surprised and confused and doesn't know what to do. Yeah. But she definitely got a good look at Tina and she definitely misgendered her like because she didn't know 
She's yeah. bad. She's bad. <laughs> she's bad. She's she's yeah. not a good. That's for certain. She's not a good. She did it wrong. <laughs> yeah. She does apologize after Tina says, I actually am a woman. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry or something like that. Yeah. But Oh, can I read one more thing from the previous sex scene? I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Always. You may always right. read something from the previous sex scene. Don't okay. be sorry. Yeah, it's just so good. Okay, so it says, this is after they talk about, like, do I have to know why the strap-on is hot to me? And they're uh-huh. like, no. So the next thing I know, Joe and I are stretched out on the floor, and her tongue is in my mouth. The carpet abrades our elbows, our shoulders. I don't care. She shoves away my pants, pushes up my t-shirt, and bites the hollow of my belly, the edge of my ribs, the bottom swell of my breast. My skin aches and swells everywhere she touches me, and I want to bottle this raw honesty, this naked need that lets me guide her down my body until her hands and tongue shake me free again. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's a beautiful. It's a hot. Ooh. It's a good. It's a good. Okay, so then... We forgot to tell you. We forgot to mention. At the roller derby bout, she runs into this reporter that she knew from before. And the reporter's like, hey, I think it would be really cool to do it. Uh, I work for like the sports section of the news station. And I think it would be cool to do like a sports human interest story about your old career and like finding roller derby again. So like, let me know if you're interested. And Tina's really worried about this because she's... She didn't come out publicly. She just sort of retired from wakeboarding life. She retired quietly at her peak because she had won enough money via wakeboarding um, championships that she could fund her transition. And so she was just like, all right, everybody, I'm out. Never see you again. Bye. Well, also Ben, the best friend, he broke his back wakeboarding. Yes. And so they did this together. And then without him, it kind of wasn't fun for her anymore. Yeah. So she even says in the interview, like, once he was out of the way, it was like super easy for me to win everything. And then I won enough (laughs) things where I could pay for my transition. So I just stopped. So it kind of stopped being fun because she no longer was there with her, her bestie. Right. So she does decide that she is going to do the interview, and that's very exciting. And then she does assessments, except she shows up, and Joe is like a stranger. She barely talks to her or anything. And then she makes everybody- first- First, it's assessment nights. We're going to test all of the the All of the your skills. physical strengths and skills. All of your MSRs. We're testing them tonight. But she makes everybody <sighs> do suicides first. So she she's like very worried that everyone's going to see that her and Tina are getting close and like leaving the parties together and stuff. And then they're going to think that she like went easy on Tina for assessments. So to make sure no one even like kind of thinks that she makes everybody do suicide sprints first. And is this where Chase comes and he does referees times? No, not yet. Mm -mm. Okay. No. Everybody does suicide sprints first and then do their laps and then do all the stuff. And And then then do a jump or whatever. Yeah. And then Tina goes, Tina's never had a problem with laps. She's an athlete. But she goes to do to jump over the bag and she just like bears down and like does it. And then she talks about that feeling of flying uh-huh. that she used to have like wakeboarding. But now she has it for roller derbies. It's oh, very cute. It's so sweet. And she passes. Yeah. But then Joe oh. comes over and she's like just cold. 
She's like, hey, she Tina, great job. Professional. Bye. But then they, so then they go to the blue, they go to blues to celebrate. And Joe, after a while, she's like, Tina's dancing with everybody and she's talking with Stella. And Joe asks her to talk in the van, which like, here's the thing, Joe. First of all, care or don't. Second of all, a really <laughs> easy way to make sure people don't think you guys are fucking is to like not go and talk privately in a van together in the middle yeah. of a party or like don't leave the parties together. Maybe drive your separate fucking vehicles. It's not hard. Yeah, no, I, I very rarely need to talk to my friend alone in a van. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, just stop doing shit like that, Joe, and then you're cool. You're golden. But maybe, anyway. again, and I've said this a lot on the cult, I like my personal relationships to be performative in nature, so I don't even really understand leaving to talk in a van. I like having I like having <laughs> all of my important discussions, like, in front of thousands of people, if possible. <laughs> if at all possible. And we've made it possible. We did. We, <laughs> we did it. That shit. We did it. <laughs> okay. So they do go and talk in that van. And yeah. it goes from zero to 350 before they even open the door. Like, this was one of the things that because I didn't really buy into the conflict, every time they, they fought, I was just like, how did we get here? <laughs> Melanie yeah. blindsided. And, um, and why not fix? Why not right. just fix? Why so hard? Why so mad? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Tina is, she's really upset because she's like, this, you were bullshit today. The way you treated me was bullshit. The way that you tested us today was bullshit. Like, you shouldn't mm -hmm. punish me for fucking you. Like, it's one thing to be professional. And it's another thing to be a giant dickhole and make it almost impossible for me to make the team with your suicide sprint antics and like, she says if this is how you treat your girlfriends no wonder oh. chloe broke up with you woof yeah that was a yikes <laughs> yeah Ew. anyway but then joe's sexy voice cracks on the word please and so they go home together mm -hmm. you know did she call ben though no that's the next fight that's oh, the next okay. fight okay so then they decide she's gonna rock the pivot position and they practice some panty toss which is when mm -hmm. lauren's husband chase comes and refs and and whistles okay. at and everything i do and i then, said listen i talked about refs a lot already yeah, and it, i made it sound like it was tell all, me about those zebras i'm so sorry i just don't want to say anything i want to encourage people to do roller derby and i just want to <laughs> say it's not just boys that are refs. Everyone can be refs. Oh, yeah. And there is also a large population of refs that are either people who have not made the team yet, so they haven't passed their skills, Ooh. or people that like skating and like roller derby, but don't really want to get beat the shit out of. They and don't like, want to do get the hitting and do the, the Yeah, but they want to be part of the team and they want right. to skate. And you get to skate a lot being a ref. You just aren't like, you know, in the thing right you know so right. if, if skating appeals to you and the game and the team and you know having a name and a persona and like going and hanging out with everybody and like having this this team appeals to you you might want to consider being a ref for your local team anyway that just want to say that fun okay all right wow all right anyway so everyone leaves and they can't keep their hands off of each other and then lauren comes back for her phone and Lauren sees them smooching up on each mm -hmm. other. Yeah. 
And so they ask Lauren to like keep it on the DL. And then we find out about the Stella history and about how she's weird about, you know, Joe dating people. And Joe's like, that's why I need more time to tell the team, mostly Stella, her derby wife. And it's a whole thing. And then they go back to Joe's house, everybody. And they do some super hot, dirty talking, using a vibrator Is this- sex. Oh, and I a thought sit this was on a strap on times. It was not. Okay. No. So, so when they get back to her house. Um, Joe like rips off her t-shirt dress or whatever and then Tina says I want you to fuck me I want you to use your strap on but then they get into the room and they get so hot and heavy that I think Joe just like grabs a a penetrative vibrator and uses it on Tina I thought that was the strap on okay I thought it was like a vibrating dildo no, if you're excited about strap-on times in this book, you're not going to get any strap-on times. I thought you, but you guys, if you're excited about strap-on times in this book, it's very easy to pretend that this scene was strap-on times <laughs> because <laughs> I thought it was the whole time. I just thought that it was like a vibrating strap-on. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Those exist, no, right? The, yeah. Yeah. In fact, like. I mean, I know. I'm cool. <laughs> I know that they exist. I know all about you them. You can get double-sided dildos that you put on strap-on so that both partners get the penetration as one is fucking the other, technically. Like, there's a lot of, there's a big That's wide world of strap-ons out there. too complicated for this girl. You can get a strap-on where you can insert a clitoral vibrator so that both of you also get clitoral vibration while one or both of you is being penetrated by the strap-on at the same time. You know, listen, a- friends, if that's your thing, <laughs> go for it. But I have a lot of respect for somebody who can use that much robots and like still keep it going. <laughs> like, I just feel like there's so much coordination that's involved with what you just said that it would just be so much logistics. It'd be like, no, move over here. OK, just a little bit to the left. All right. And we got to use do the on switch. OK. And then like, I just feel like it would be so much. It would be so much. I don't I don't have that level of coordination. All right. Fair enough. I mean, there are also like more user friendly toys, too. Like there. Anyway, I know I've been to the stores. Okay, I just don't know what all the buttons do. Listen, I hear you that I hear you. I hear that. But what I'm saying is at the end of this scene, Joe says, I hope you don't mind that I didn't actually get out the strap on. And Tina is like, no, I'm like, (laughs) no, I don't mind. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Okay. See, you got the the breed of dog. I got the witch toy came out. When? Let's see. Let's see if it's right. <laughs> it's not remembering things in 2021 yet. It's not. It's intellectualism. Okay. And we have talked about some great intellectual stuff Boy, in this episode. May have I say. We. Jeez. Pats right. on backs. Okay. <laughs> so then she goes and does the interview because yes. oh, because when she oh because no guys, because she goes to the pool she goes to ben's yeah. pool she goes and swims in ben's pool oh. and dave's there who is ben's fiance yeah and she's like dave let me talk to you i'm supposed to do. to do this interview and it's supposed to be about my wakeboarding career transitioning into like this fun derby sport but i don't see that there's any way that this isn't going to be about me being transgendered right because they're gonna talk about you know my former 
self and they're going to talk about you know as much as it's about wakeboarding versus derby it's going to be uh, about male presenting versus female yeah they're gonna show pictures of me holding wakeboard trophies when i won them and that's going to become about that and that's not i don't want to do it i don't want to do this and dave says oh dave Dave says when you were a little girl and you were sitting there and you knew, you know, that you were transgender and you're in the wrong body and that, you know, like you knew there was something wrong, wouldn't you have loved to see, and especially as an athlete, wouldn't you have loved to see somebody like you who's an athlete on television and what would wouldn't that what would that have meant to you, Tina? And she realizes opened up horizons in front of you. Yes, she realizes that would have meant everything. And like, you know, maybe her whole life would have been different had she seen a a representation like that on television when she were younger. Yeah. And so she decides she's going to do the interview. Also, she kind of knows this sportscaster. Yes. Who had been... She was what Miss Miss Lake Loveless or something. She knew her somehow from some kind of like beauty competition. I don't know. But she knows her kind of. So she knows that she's probably in good hands, too, that they're not going right. to embarrass her or, or make a spectacle out of the situation. Yeah. So she shows up and I thought there was a the really good scene when the producer came over because she knows she's in good hands with the with the um, woman. Yes. But that woman is an intern, you know, and so mm-hmm. she only has so much power. But then the producer comes over and there's this really awesome back and forth in which he's like, so just so I'm perfectly clear, you do prefer female pronouns. And she's like, Mm -hmm. yes. And then he says, and when we speak about your past career prior to transition, which pronouns would you prefer we use? And Mm -hmm. she goes, my pronouns are still female pronouns. I was assigned male at birth, but I am not male. And I have never been male. Thank you for asking, by the way. And um, so he nods and very business-like and normal because it's business-like and normal. He also asks her what is off-limits for the interview. And oh, she says, yeah, yeah, yeah. the three things that are off-limits are my ex-wife, my current yeah. relationship status, and the contents of my underwear. Because, Ugh. guys, don't ask people what their genitals are like. Just like what a is- general rule. Like generally. What is that? Regardless, <laughs> regardless How- of whether someone is trans oh or not. God. Don't ask people what their genitals are like, unless you need to know for that moment because you're about to go there and do stuff to them. Like sure. sometimes maybe you're just like, you know, you're just trying to get a lay of the land because you're about to go down <laughs> yeah. there. That's fine. But like casual conversation, professional conversation, don't do that. Yeah. I, what is that? How is that a thing? I, so when when I I I just I listen. <laughs> when I found out that this was a common thing that people on the street oh ask trans people, it blew my fucking mind. I remember the first time I read that on like Facebook or whatever, and my jaw just dropped and I literally could not compute for about mm-hmm. five seconds. Because how? How is that a thing mm-hmm. that people have to deal with? How is that a thing that even pops in your mind as remotely appropriate to ponder or let alone speak out loud into the world this was told to me by a a, a speech friend who is trans and it yeah and that that people that in our speech community would go up to him and be like so what's what's the deal now it's like no 
No! And that's a very woke and liberal community. I have no yeah. fucking clue what the deal is. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> stop it out there. Yeah. Hey, everybody. That's don't. If you're hearing this for the first time, don't ever do that. Don't do okay? it. Just no. don't. This is from two, two cis ladies. Yeah. <laughs> telling you. <laughs> telling you what to do. And how dare you. It's not just for trans people. Don't ask anybody what their yeah. genitals are like. Just but, generally. But, uh, just why? Don't. Don't. I don't understand why it would be different for a trans person. Like, yeah. why would you ever ask one of your colleagues? So, like, what's your vagina like? Yeah, right. Like, you would never do that. Should we get a ruler out and see how big that dick is? Exactly, boss. Like, no. Like, how does it feel when you have sex, <laughs> coworker? It's so weird. Anyway, it's so all right. weird. Moving on. Yeah. Anyway, oh. One thing that I really liked and one thing that I thought was cool because you don't always see it in like casual parlance. The guy is like, when we're talking about your wakeboarding career, we'll do what we can to refer to you only by your last name. And then he says, should we need to use a first name? We'll only use your dead name if it's absolutely unavoidable. And then Tina says, I appreciate that. Is that a common term, dead name? I've never I, heard that before. I think so. I mean, I've heard it enough that I think it's... This I is the first time common. I've heard it. But I, I was trying to think all all the friends I have had that are trans were able to use their names or some version of it. So it right, didn't right, right. end up being a problem. Like, fortunately, they just happened to have names that were easily convertible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just never heard it before. And I was wondering. Cool. Yeah. I learned a new thing. Yeah, it was very cool. Anyway, so that goes really well. And then, wait. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you were so serious. Wait. I did. I, d- I got real serious. Yeah, you did. So the next scene isn't super important. Joe is sick and like it's an opportunity to go check in with Tina's friends. Elvis does decide to stay with Joe, which is adorable important. and hilarious. Important. Yeah. And my only note in this scene is like, hello, everyone. Can you please stop using the term lover? Please. (laughs) Tina likes it. Tina likes it when Joe calls her her lover. I hate it. I I know you do, but it's not about you. It's about Tina and she loves it. Well, so it's not just Tina, though. And I think this is why I finally wrote it down because I was like, okay, Tina and Joe call each other lovers. That's fine for them. That's great. <laughs> She's really trying, you guys. <laughs> but then in this scene, it's Tina talking to like Eddie about Wish, and Eddie and Eddie looks at Wish with like hearts in his eyes, and Tina's like, "Oh, he's looking at his lava." And I'm just yeah. like, oh. "Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Wish. I don't know a ton <laughs> about Wish, but I." Listen. I feel like lover is not a term he likes to use. <laughs> I feel like w- lover is maybe the only term you can use for wish. <laughs> no! <laughs> I think wish prefers daddy. Thank you. Yeah, fair enough. But you know what I'm saying here. Like, I don't know that wish is your boyfriend. I feel like wish is your lover. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I see where you're going with Which that. Which I'm sure I we will get it. a 
beautiful book about Wish and Eddie and their... Or maybe we did. Or maybe we already did. And they're very <laughs> serious boyfriends who have very deep feelings for each other and will someday be husbands and isn't that so wonderful. However, yeah. me looking in, I'm just like, mm, that's, that's a lover. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Okay, so then the team watches the interview together at the bar. They shut down the bar. Yeah. The girls love it and they love her and they give her big smooches and it's just a big wonderful. Yeah. And she talks about how Derby is so inspiring because it's a time when their bodies like aren't on display. It's just all about what their bodies can do for them in these badass ways. And it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, it's a big inspire. So, okay, then... On the way home, Joe apologizes because when she saw that Tina said their relationship was off limits, she like tapped her under the table and said, thank you. Mm -hmm. And Tina was like, I'm pretty salty about that, but I'm letting Mm -hmm. it go because Joe says she needs more time. So Joe apologizes and then that turns into a big zero to a thousand fight. Yeah. And this is when she calls Ben. Oh, okay. What yeah. I the only thing I wanted to highlight about when she calls Ben is she says, "Hey Ben, I'm here at Blues and I need you to pick me up." And the first thing no, out of his mouth is, "No, she's at Joe's is, house." Oh, oh, okay, fine, yeah. whatever. You know, I'm yeah, I'm sorry, here sorry, sorry, and sorry. I need I need a ride. And the first thing he thinks is, "Are you safe?" Yeah, he says that out loud. Are you safe? Ugh. Oh man, yeah. Okay, so I I do want to give a, like justice to this conflict because it part of her inner monologue is. When it comes right down to it, I want her to choose me. I want her to choose Derby and me. And if she can't tell the team that she and I are dating on the night I told the whole world I used to have a dick, Mm -hmm. then I don't know if it's ever going to happen. And I don't want to be the one that forces her to say it. Yeah. And like, yeah, that that makes Tina's right. I mean, it's a nothing conflict. And the reason it's a nothing conflict is Tina's 100% right. And Joe needs to get over it. Yep, exactly. Anyway, so Ben comes to get her and he offers ice cream and movies and comforts and love. And she's like, no, I need to be alone because in Tina's brain, Lisa always took care of her. Lisa took care of everything and she doesn't want to be that person anymore. She wants to take care of herself and like, you know, be an adult out in the world. And so she goes home and then Joe calls her crying and to apologize and she says you're absolutely right and she just says i need more time and tina says i think that we should just end this now Mm -hmm. before it hurts more because i don't know what more time is and you can't tell me what more time is so we have to be done and they decide that she's still going to be on the team and tina says don't go back to your asshole like treating me like a stranger because that's Mm -hmm. not okay and joe's like yeah okay cool so they're not together for weeks but then is the first bout yeah yeah and so okay so tina has chosen the name hoochie glide which is a great derby name it is apparently a wakeboarding skill i tried to do a similar thing with my original derby name felony murder it didn't work out because no one liked it (laughs) you guys it's a great derby name it's a good lawyer name i think so my friend hb brandon thought of it because 
a felony murder because people would be like uh aren't all murders felonies it's like no specifically a felony murder is when you're in a group of people like you're robbing a bank or something yeah like say you're the getaway driver but they murder somebody in the bank you're going to be charged with first degree murder it's like if if a murder happens everyone's going to get charged with felony murder because you were all in the conspiracy to do the thing that resulted in the murder. It's usually a bank uh, robbery or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're hitting a 7-Eleven or something like that. Yep, yep, yep. So it's a, it's, that's a great name for a roller derby, you know, because we're all together, we're go down together, felony yeah. murders. No one liked it. It was the worst. Anyways, <laughs> I hope I hope it works out for Hoochie Glide and everybody gets it, you know, whatever. <laughs> So she's picked this name. They do the bout. She jams for a little bit. If I recall she jams correctly, because Stella. She's gonna oh, play yeah, pivot, because but then Stella a, drops a keg on her foot. Oh yeah, my god, I Stella! So it's not just Jeez. like she's a pivot who jams for a little bit. It's like she is the jammer for the game. Yeah, she does good. They do. They win. win. They go to the bar, and then yeah. at the bar. <sighs> She's. They go to the freaking bathroom. Her and Joe and starts making zyalzis in the bathrooms. No, no. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Gotta rewind. No. Nope. Accurate. We're rewinding. That's okay. true. But we're rewinding. So after the bout, they're signing autographs. Okay. Oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. They are signing autographs. Oh my god. And yes. she's gonna lose her shit. I can see it already. I'm, I'm gonna lose my shit. So so this little kid comes up and she asks what their name is and they say thomas isn't there's something like the kid says something like my mom says my friends and family can call me thomas or something something like that like thomas was not their birth name or there was something in there yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. okay now i'm thomas and my friends and family can call me thomas and my mom says that you can be like my friends and family yeah 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 okay uh, so this is a, kid, a kid maybe seven or eight wearing jeans a white tee and a gender neutral ponytail approaches with mom hovering like a wary watchful dragon they hold up a <laughs> pair of skates sign my boots i kneel down at their height sure sweetheart what's your name they turn to their mom, who smiles and whispers something in their ear. I'm Thomas to friends. They puff out their chest. And family. My mom says, you're family. I, lo- I look up at her sharply and she nods. I'm Sarah. I'm trying to be a good ally for my child. And like, guys. You guys, <laughs> Mel is losing her shit. She's full on red face. <laughs> I just... It was so beautiful. Oh no. oh no. It got her. <laughs> it's so gorgeous. And this whole thing, I literally like cried in my kitchen today. It's wonderful. Um anyway, so then the mom the mom says, Thank you, Sarah whispers, uh, fervently. You're the first trans they've met. Oh, because um she says, Do you like boy pronouns? And Thomas says, I think someday I'll use boy pronouns, but I'm not ready for that yet. And so mm-hmm. um, they're like, I use they, them. And ooh, Tina looks at this kid and she goes, you use they, them for as long as you want. It is yours. And don't let anybody take it away from you. And then they're like, yep. Okay, cool. Ugh. Anyway, 
I was not emotional at all for this part, but I am watching you sob right now. Jeez. I'm so sorry. Sobbing, you guys. My friend is crying. It's just, it's a big inspire because representation matters. And they saw the thing on the news and it was really important for a real kid out in the world. Melody's having a week, everywhere. you guys. <laughs> anyway, so it's fine. Honestly, I really did have to like fans. stop and take emotional uh, <laughs> stock of myself when when she said something about her being a little girl because it's something I'd never thought about before, and it really did yeah. kind of knock me on my ass. So I get it. This thing is so gorgeous. <sighs> okay, so now we can go to the party and then they can go to the bathroom. Okay, yeah, so they go to the bathroom and they're just like making galaxies and they're like pulling uh-huh. up each other's shirts and they're like touching on each other's boobs and stuff. And guess who walks in? Stella. What? Guys, did you see that coming? And I guess, didn't. But also, like, guess who's pissed? Stella. And like, guess who's like apparently fucking blind and like totally it doesn't. Like, I just feel like they leave, they dance together at every party. And with every no time. one else, they, they leave always leave together. Every game, every practice, every party <laughs> together. Joe has not been available for a weekend hang in about two months. When Tina said <laughs> like- that her relationship <laughs> status was off limits to the news, <laughs> Joe hit her in the leg and mouthed, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> In front of all of her teammates. Like, how dumb do you have to be, Stella? Come on. But anyway, she's yeah. pissed. So they have a big fight. And then yeah. Tina's like, hey, you guys, this is important. But I need you to think about whether or not this is more important or your friendship is more important. And if it's the friendship, then I'm going to go and you guys are going to hash it out and we're going to be friends. And they're like, yeah, I'm mad right now, but she's totally my BFF forever. This meaning the fight, like if this fight yeah, is more yeah, important yeah, yeah. or your friendship, not our relationship. I, I just, the no. way you said it oh, sounded yeah, kind no. of like choose between no, no, me no, and no. Stella. And that's not what she was totally. saying. Not at all. <laughs> she was saying, I am super here for your friendship and I support you in all things. Yes. I think you should get over yourselves. Yeah. But the really important thing was that when Stella walked in and said, what the fuck is going on? Joe turned around and giggled and said, I'm making out with my girlfriend. Can you give us some privacy? And Tina is gobsmacked and she's like, girlfriend. I'm a girlfriend. It's great stuff. So then she goes out front and hugs on Tina and they decide they're going to be together. And then the epilogue is they they run a derby camp for kids that Thomas is at. And I'm yep. totally emotionally okay. <laughs> it's great. Glad to know that's what Beautiful. happened in the <laughs> epilogue. It's so great. Anyway. All right. Do you have a lady love? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, I do. I have a lady love. Where is it? What's your lady love? Okay. So my my lady love comes through someone else. So I can't really like recommend it recommend it but it was something that i wanted to tell you about and then i forgot to and then so i was like i'll just make it my lady i dig it so my friend karen hb karen kylie who you can find on twitter award-winning romance author was texting me about our strange love episode because as you recall she's a strange love maniac and cannot stop but she was saying so if you subscribe to ann aguire's 
newsletter. Uh-huh. She's put out two chapters at a time, I think, the romance story of Helix? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you know this already? Helix is going to come out, yeah. Oh, I didn't know she serialized it in her newsletter, though. You knew that Helix had a romance story? Yeah. But you, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, I thought I was going to make you so happy and blow your mind. How did you know I'm about this? Very assumption? excited about it. Uh, a, assumption, and B, it's been all over the cult. Oh, fine. Whatever. Fine. Apparently, <laughs> Melody already knew about it. But if you go to her newsletter, you can read it now, right now. That is It's really not cool. over yet, but you can read most of it. And there's apparently aliens that have head tentacles and have sex with their head tentacles. Really? Yes. Okay, I didn't know that, and you just made me the happiest. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Fine. Good. Tentacles sexes, eh? Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Head tentacles. It's like cone heads, but with tentacles. That is excellent. Are you about to read us a poem? No. Thank you very you much. Ha- How you have you? the stance of somebody who's about to read a very moving <laughs> quote or poem. Nope. <laughs> that is not at all what I'm gearing up for. No, you know what? I'm going to give you two because I'm just, I'm just using up my lady loves. One is Old Guard. The movie Old Guard. Oh, you mean that movie that you I watched instead of Palm Springs? Everybody to when like watch Palm Springs Springs was available, Guard. that you were like, wow. "Oh, I'm watching Old Guard tonight, and I can or whatever." There is this movie, you guys, called Old Guard, and it is an action spectacular. It is a Charlize Theron and a Kiki Lane, and it is wonderful. But nestled in this action found family, wonderful, righteous indignation deliciousness is the romance of the century between the characters Joe and Nikki. Okay? It is one of the most beautiful gay romances that I have ever seen on the big screen. It is one of the most beautiful declarations of love that I've ever seen on the big screen. Old guard, you guys. It is uh, so I mean, good. Can see your face. <laughs> All right, fine. Jeez, it is a big old romance. Mm-hmm. They definitely leave it open for a second movie, which I am over the moon about. It's wonderful. Okay, and also, do you think that Charlize Theron, like as she's gotten older, has just like decided, fuck it, I'm going to become the action star of everyone's dreams. I don't know. Is this just what she's always meant to be? Or is this a calculated move? I don't know. I think she just likes doing it. God, she's amazing. She's amazing. I think she just has fun doing it. I think she just likes doing athletic (sighs) sort of roles and she's kind of grown into her own i love it she really you know like uh, long shot was a fantastic movie and it's a recent charlie's theron movie you know the one with that you know when she's like the running for president i haven't seen that yet oh my gosh melody it was so good that's like a really good romantic comedy like really good solid it's a rom-com yes oh is that the one with seth rogan yes yes okay we'll watch it 
on the list now because now after Palm Springs, I'm taking every single recommendation. Erin Grace, you guys, this bitch for weeks is so for weeks was four days. (laughs) It was four days, Erin. It (laughs) felt like weeks. I truly felt like until you watched Palm Springs, I would have nothing to talk to you about. It's I true. felt like we had nothing like, in common anymore. I would be like, hey, podcast business or like, hey, something happened. And she'd be like, Palm Springs. Palm, Palm Springs, Springs. Make Melody feel better. Palm Springs is yeah, movie. She'd be like, Melody, oh, gosh, watch. I'm having I'm having a bad day. I guess I'll go watch The Handmaid's Tale or something. I'm I like, no, stop it. <laughs> I forget what you, but you know, like stuff that's not, I, I guess I'll just watch something that's not palm springs like oh god you bitch oh it was the she worst was so mad at me i was She's so mad at me okay then my other no i'm gonna save it for next week okay no i'm gonna say it now oh my god it's just i want everybody to to listen to it on our journey together you know what i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. so there's this podcast from the ringer now and it's called higher learning it's with Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay. We've got a lot, to, a lot of Bachelor oh, fans out that here. One. And Rachel was uh, the first and only Black Bachelorette. She's great. She does a Bachelor podcast as well, but it's like super sanitized in only the way that Bachelor can. And like Becca's sweet, but also kind of sucks. And <laughs> if you yeah. want to hear Rachel Lindsay's take, real take. On Hot takes. anything and everything. And Van, he is excellent as well. It's all centered around black issues. And it's mostly, they mostly use news or happenings that are very, very current in order to then like talk about broader issues. And it's really, really, really good. There, I'm going to be honest with you. There are times when I'm like, they're talking about a young artist that I have never heard of before mm-hmm. because I haven't listened to music in forever. Like new <laughs> music is not really a thing in my life at the moment. <laughs> We're, <old. laughs> We're so old. So they'll talk or they'll like they'll talk about somebody and I'll be like, oh, I gotta Google that person. So here I go. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and it's it's good shit. So higher learning, listen to it. I love it. It's good stuff. All right, so keeping a badass. And love yourself as much as you love <sighs> taking a visit to our new sex club. It is called Orgasms <laughs> and Waffles TM. <laughs> it will be open in 2022. <laughs> it's Melody's favorite place on the planet. <laughs> it is Melody's. Melody is the, the face of Orgasms and Waffles. I am a silent investor in the project. And... I think it's going to take off. (laughs) Man, I had forgotten that happened. (laughs) I told you I wrote it down. (laughs) I love it. All right. I love you tons. I love you too. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. 
The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah! Lilas! Okay, back to the show. <laughs> 